this is Mike Dilt with the Relax Back UK show on UK Health Radio, your global real feel-good radio station. On the Relax Back UK show we explore all kinds of health topics, so keep listening and enjoy the ride. Hi, and thank you for joining me, Mike Dilk, on this week's Relax Back UK show. And once again, we have some great guests for you. The first topic is stress and mental health. My guest is international rugby referee Nigel Owens. Now, he's dealt with some stressful situations at his work, I can tell you. Yes, you feel the pressure. You know you're going to make a big decision. You're, you're looking up at a player who's six foot eight, and you're going to have to give tell him a, give him a telling off or sending off. But um, it, you, that's your job, and that's what you had to do. Then, do you need a bit of inspiration to do something exciting or do a bit more exercise? I have just the guy. Last year, I ran fifteen marathons and fifteen national parks in the UK in fifteen days. Sean Conway is an adventurer, always up to something fun or possibly a little bit crazy. So please do stay tuned for a great show. Thank you. This show is cool. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things, make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, spirits, and more. Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit zerozilchzip.co.uk or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with zero zilch zip. Because nothing's better. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. Nigel Owens has been a rugby union referee at the highest levels, and he's suffered himself from poor mental health in the past and that is the subject of this uh, this first section i started by asking nigel when he retired from refing uh, well, I'm still refereeing in the community game, but uh, I'm not refereeing at the professional end of the game. But So I've been retired now from the professional game for, I would say, about about a year now. Yeah, so around this time last year, I did my last professional game. Yeah, so, so okay. a year. So not, not, not that long? No, and, not long uh, at all. Yeah. What I should have said at the, top, at the start is that the topic is, is mental health in, in, in general. And uh, I find, and I think a lot of people find, that work can be kind of a big factor in either good or poor mental health. And I also suspect that the more kind of responsible and visual the job you have, uh, I imagine the greater the effect. So I've got to ask, did potentially having half a stadium of 80,000 people kind of not necessarily baying for your blood, but being slightly upset with a decision. Because if you make a decision, you're going to upset half the people there. Um, did, 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 did you find that difficult when you were being um, a professional referee? Uh, there were probably times when I upset all the stadium, or just half of them. Um, 
Well, yeah, but it's part of the job. So it's, you know, if you, for you to referee at that top level of the game with all the pressure that it brings, you need to be able to deal with that pressure. So there's something in you as a referee that enables you to do that. But, but yeah, it, it is pressure and you feel that, that, that pressure and it's a different type of, of pressure that you may come across in various other sort of jobs in, in life because you are scrutinized and, you know, you, you have to make, you have to make the split second decision there and there. So it's a lot of pressure on you. And yeah, certainly you do certainly hear the stadium when they're begging for your blood for sure. And, and certainly the, the thing I find about lots of jobs is if I, I used to work as a civil engineer, right, and design roundabouts and things like that. And I, at a party, I'd say that's what I do. And they, OK, lovely. People are very happy to let you get on with it. But everyone is an armchair referee, aren't they? How, how do you design a roundabout? I thought every roundabout just round. Oh, you'd be surprised. Oh, <laughs> well, there you are. You see, you were doing something that I could never do. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a lot of armchair referees there, um, for sure. Um, and that'll always be the case. Everybody with a different opinion, with the rights and, and wrongs. So, like, when you're on that field, you just go out there and, and do your best and, and do your job. And uh, that was my philosophy when I refereed, was as long as you go out there and give it your all and do my best, and then that, that's what yeah. matters. Okay, let, let me ask just one kind of last question as far as that's concerned and it's less about the crowd but more about being face to face with like a, a huge rugby player a whole front row because I mean I, I you're a similar size to me you know and I would look tiny compared to these massive rugby players have you ever felt somewhat kind of uh, intimidated and affect your mental health affected by sort of squaring up to some of these massive blokes uh, well, no, you didn't, to be honest with you, because, and that's part of do with the game, because one of the most important fundamentals and values of rugby union as a sport is that value of, of respect. And that's what's instilled in players when they start playing the game as, as, as kids, is that value of respect is caught and is part of that team ethos. So when you are refereeing these men who are quite right, as you said, twice your size sometimes, um, there is that value of respect there. So you don't feel intimidated because they respect the laws of the game and they will respect your decisions of the referee. Whether they like you as a referee or not is quite irrelevant, but they, they will respect that they need to respect your decision on that field. And that's part of the game of rugby. So, no, I, I never felt intimidated. No, yes, you feel the pressure. You know you're going to make a big decision. You're, you're looking up at a player who's six foot eight and you're going to have to give, tell him a, give him a telling off or sending off. But um, it, you, that's your job and that's what you had to do so uh, no it, it didn't sort of worry me too much about that no okay good good good, good to hear i'm very i'm very impressed by that because i think i would have been uh, absolutely terrified <laughs> but, moving on to kind of the main topic and the, the nation's um mental health there's a feeling that our, our mental health is generally not as good as it has been and has gone down particularly in the last uh 12 months or so do you, do you kind of go along with that? Do you agree with that? And if so, why? Well, that's certainly what the survey, a comprehensive survey that Nuffield Health has, has done has showed. Um, that sort of one in three people that they interviewed in the survey uh, or took part in the survey said that they had struggled from or are struggling from mental health or some form of um, physical um, well-being issues as, as well, as well as then um, one in five 
people are saying they haven't done any exercise at all in 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 the last year, which obviously is a contributing factor as well uh, to to mental health issues because physical well being and mental health well being go hand in hand. So we've certainly seen a huge increase in in that during the last year. A lot to do with with the world we live in. Now, I guess, the change that has happened, uh, the challenges that, that lockdown brought, the insecurity, the worry that people are under, the stress that people are under. You know, we have a war just across uh, the sea in, in parts of Europe at the moment, which is affecting us and will affect us in some shape or form further down the line as well. Uh, you have the co- um, cost of living rising pretty much uh, weekly as well, if not daily. So there's a lot of issues for people to deal with now, which has obviously triggered a huge increase in, in mental health. I think as well, maybe, over the years, I'm sure mental health has been an issue for, for a long, long, long time. But what we are seeing now is more awareness around it, people actually acknowledging and talking about it, So, which wouldn't have happened 5, 10, oh. 15, 20 years ago. So that obviously then automatically is going to increase the figures. But obviously there is no doubt as well that the last year that we've been through and beyond that as well, the last 18 months, two years, has contributed to a high spike in the number of people yeah. who are suffering from mental health issues. It's, I mean, it's, it's the uncertainty, I think, to a large extent. Yeah. But pr- prior to this chat, I, I thought, right, I'll do a bit of homework. And I try to think about my circle of friends and people that I meet and think if any of them could be or if I'd noticed them being suffering from mental health issues or in the extreme kind of depression. And it got me to thinking, you know, how do you actually recognise that in, in people, you know, maybe your family or friends or indeed within within yourself because you know we're not talking about just having a crummy day here are we you know everyone has crummy days we're talking about something else yeah well, it's all different types of mental health issues but but you see mental health issues it's not something sometimes that you physically see um it's it, it, it's it's hidden you know if, if you're suffering from an injury or a bad back it's something that somebody can physically see you're not well but mental health um issues is something that you can hide or it's difficult for people to know you. And then some of you, you see a change in a person, maybe a change in their mood. They're not their usual self. You know, they look worried. They look down, may have lost a lot of weight, may have put a lot of weight on because the way that they're dealing with it is by maybe uh, comfort eating. Or like when I mm. put a struggle with mental health issues years ago, I put a lot of weight on because I spent a lot of time on my own, wasn't going out doing the exercise I used to be doing. I'd comfort eat a lot, binge eat a lot, started drinking a lot. So then I had a spike in, in, in my weight. So it's, it's very difficult um, unless, you know, somebody tells you that they're struggling. And that's the key thing here, that we need people to feel comfortable in, say, look, I'm really struggling here. And then when they've done that, you can then move on to the next stage. Okay, what what can we do about this? How can I get help for this? How can I help you? And for people who are not sure if people are struggling with mental health, it's just a case of just letting people know that, listen, if any time you're not feeling okay, you know, that's okay. And if you want to talk about it, I'm here anytime. So it's just encouraging people. So that they can yeah. open up about it is the key thing because it's it's very difficult to look at somebody and say that person's is because if you look at some of some of the greatest comedians on stage, you would never think ever that they have any worries in their life. But when they come off the stage, 
they are totally different people. A lot of them are. They're very shy sometimes, very reclusive sometimes, some of them are. But on stage, there's something different. And if you are hiding, like I hid my sexuality and my mental health issues for many, many years, but I hid it well. You get used to to hiding it. So you can hide it from people as well. So it's, it's not that easy sometimes for people to find out who is struggling or dealing with it. And that's why if we can create an environment where people can feel that they can share and don't have to worry about hiding or, find, or feel embarrassed or feel weak, because it's not a sign of weakness to speak up about mental health. It's actually a sign of great strength. And if we can do that, then it can help a lot of people. And the other side, actually, you, you said actually beautifully simply, um, and I think this is where I, I would I would potentially find it difficult. If you're worried about a friend or, you know, someone in your family, just ask. <laughs> it is. Well, just find, and, Finding the words might be difficult. Is there? It is, yeah. And, and that's what we find with mental health issues. It's just, just not the people who are suffering from mental health are uh, finding it difficult to talk about it. The people who can help you are actually finding it difficult to, how do I choose the words? How do I get this out to this person? How do I find out what is wrong? What happens, you know, how can I tell them that I think there's something wrong? So it's a case of just the language you use. You're just saying, look, you haven't been yourself these last couple of days. Is everything okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Okay, that's fine. But if there's something wrong, you know, you just, I'm here. If anything I can do to help, you know, and just, and having those conversations around it then can help and encourage people as well. Sure. Now, on about what to what to do about it. Now, when you were a referee, and, and still now, I mean, you're 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 a referee, and and you're a farmer now. You must be quite a fit guy. So, does really doing exercise does that really help, or is that kind of a bit old school? Because you know, if you're worried about paying the gas bill or whatever, but you go for a run, you might you still got to pay the gas bill, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you still have to pay the gas bill, but you know, if if you are if you are worrying um, about something, um, and, and I always just sort of if you're feeling a bit down for whatever reason, you could be worrying about something. Uh, you just you know may have been a bit lazy for a couple of days. You've been eating too much, and you're just feeling a bit unhealthy. And then you go for a little run, you go out for a walk, you have a shower, you freshen up, and 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 you feel better. I suppose if you put it as simple as this. You know, when you get up in the morning and you're feeling a little bit tired, you get up, you jump in the shower and all of a sudden you're feeling refreshed and you're feeling better. It's a very similar feeling. And, and look, yeah, going out for a run does not mean that the worry that you have has gone, but it certainly can put you in a better place to deal with that worry. How am I going to deal with this? And from my own experience, there is no doubt that being physically healthy also contributes to being mentally healthy as well and, and vice versa. So I think it, it certainly does help. But you are right. Going for a run or going to do some exercise is not going to get necessarily rid of what's worrying you. But what it will do is maybe put you in a better place to be able to deal with that worry. And that, to me, is, is, is the key. Yeah, all right. Now, exercise can mean a lot of different things to different people. So any sort of quick gentle tips on you know how to get moving well it's, it's, it's so many different things you you, you can do um uh, you can obviously the, the, the probably one of the most common things for people is to go on the bike go for a run join a gym um go out for a walk go for a little brisk walk um go for a swim so many different exercises there are different sort of 
dancing clubs you can go to, self-defense clubs, sporting activities you can go to, different sporting clubs you can be a part of. Um, but there's simple things in the house. You know, even if you get up and you go and clean the house, you're hoovering the house or you're doing some housework, you're actually going about and doing something. You're not sitting in your chair all day, moping around and sort of not doing anything actively. So it's just little things like that, going out to the garden, having a walk in the garden, little brushing the path around the back of the house, um, taking the stairs instead of the lift, you know, even sitting in a chair is a few movements you can do. And, and this is where the, the Nuffield Health website, which is nuffieldhealth.com, uh, Healthier Nathan Index, which has free access for people, mm-hmm. they can go on there and have these ideas of what different types of exercise. So exercise can be as much or as little as you can, but the key message is that you actually find time for five minutes somewhere in that day, even a bit more if you can, to do something active. And that active well-being certainly will help then in dealing with any mental well-being issues that you may be struggling with. Uh, and, and presumably, actually, you're you're pretty active every day. I mean, you're kind of well. You said you're still refereeing, but you're working as a farmer. Yeah, and, and to be honest, though, I'm not as fit as I was. 18 months a year ago um, because I don't do the type of training I did back then. I don't do the sort of the gym work and the training and the running pretty much nearly every day. So all I do now, I do a little bit of walking. I will go back to do a bit of running. I run a little bit when I referee and stuff. Um, but I'm doing a lot of you know physical work on the farm. That's quite active. So I'm a diff- doing mm. a different type of, of exercise now than I was back then. And that is, there's the different types of exercises there. Now, because the farm is so busy at the moment. Say again? Sorry, I interrupted there. Possibly you need some of the same skills. Which is more scary, facing off a big prop forward or a big cow? Oh, a big cow, for sure. <laughs> the prop, the prop yeah. forward, I've got a yellow card and a red card and a whistle. And when I blow it or show it, they listen. Now, I tried that with the cows and they don't move. And I, I've got pedigree Herefords and Herefords are known to be quite docile. Um, and the problem with the Herefords is if I want to get them to the next field, I can't herd them. They either follow me uh, or I've got to coax them with a little bit of feed for them, a little bit of treat for them, and then they'll follow you with a bucket. But try sending okay. them, and they just stand still there to be scratched. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the Herifords um, don't listen as well as, as the players did. <laughs> now, during our chat, you mentioned uh, a website that people might find useful. Can, can you just repeat that one more time, please, Nazi? Yeah, it's uh, nuffieldhealth.com and then uh, forward slash Healthier Nation Index. And there's a lot of sources on that you can find. There's a little bit of history and information from the survey uh, there, uh, more about Find Time for Your, for your Mind campaign, uh, and also as well some various information about little exercise videos and everything that you, you, you can do in all the different type of exercise. So I'm sure people will will find it um, really, really helpful. Okay, right. Nigel, absolute pleasure to chat to you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on as well. This show is cool. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things, make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, 
spirits and more. Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit zerozilchzip.co.uk or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with Zero Zilch Zip. Because nothing's better. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. Next up, it's Sean Conway. I've spoken to him a few times in the past and really enjoyed it. It means I can live my life kind of vicariously through him. He's an adventurer. I started off by asking him, what, is the a- what are the aims of your adventurous endeavours? First, furthest and fastest. It's just the, the three Fs of endurance. <laughs> That's okay, kind of what I go for. First, furthest. Well, I could, can I add another one? Crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't start with an F, so... No, no. All right, I'll have to think of another word that starts with an F that gives Please that do. idea. But anyway, you're you're still doing these things, and you're still in one piece. Uh, and so far, of, so you you you're always uh, got ideas of what you're going to get up to next. But actually, last time we spoke, you were planning something big. You said I'm planning something big, but I can't really tell you what it is because it's so unique. I don't want uh, my competitors if there are competitors in your world to uh to kind of get there first so and that was just before covid i think so did that happen no no covid ruined that one thanks covid um yeah so that one is still sort of in the pipeline um yeah covid scuppered it completely so i'm not quite back to square one on that one but yeah again still still top secret and uh Mm -hmm. i think i think next year i think i'm i i'm yeah it's just it involves a lot of travel so and it's just too risky at the moment to commit to anything no of course right well i won't ask you anything more about that because we don't want to give the game away (laughs) yeah exactly Let, let me ask you about something which i know you're really proud of and 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 really like and um it's the the 496 uh scheme or what, what what do you call it? The four nine six. The four nine six challenge, challenge is kind yeah. of the name so, I I put on it. I, I I'm gonna ask you all about that because I I just looked at your video from last year, and um, about the four nine six challenge, um, and you started off saying you know I'm, I want to get back into running. I feel like I'm a bit unfit. Like I do stuff. Like for instance, I've dug a great big hole in my garden, which <laughs> made me think. Why have you dug a great big hole in your garden? Because this thing was massive. Yeah, it was. I worked out it's about 50 tons of soil I had to move. And we live on the side of a hill, so I couldn't even use wheelbarrows. So it was in buckets, um, which I then put in the top bit of the garden. Um, it's uh, Because we live on, on a hill, I was just digging into the hill to build a little bit of a, a fire pit area for the kids to roast marshmallows and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, cause otherwise it's <laughs> on the slope. So uh, yeah, that was keeping me busy for, for a bit of lockdown last year. Well, the year if, before really. If, if I had to do a project like that, I think by the time it was finished, the kids would have left home, would have left home, <laughs> you know, and not be so interested in doing the whole marshmallow fire pit thing, but you managed to get it yeah. done and the kids are still small. Just about. Yeah. So it took me about four, four months, I reckon. <laughs> well, maybe six months because again you know it's just 
I was doing two buckets at a time and traipsing up the hill. So I'd get tired pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, eventually it's all done now. Got the fire pit there. Got a swing seat. Got some flooring. It's yeah, it looks good. That's lovely. All right. That, so that was nothing to do with 496, but it was just at the start of this video. So I was intrigued. So, <laughs> so tell us, look, what, what, is the, what is 496? So I didn't invent the concept, So, uh, but I'm, I put a name to it. So what it is, is if you run the dates in kilometers or miles, I've not done the mile version, but okay. uh, that's hard. <laughs> so on the first, and, and January seems to be the month that people are most likely to do it because it's winter and they've you know not going away on holiday so you can do the whole month you basically you run the one kilometer on the first of the month two on the second three on the third four on the fifth and so on and eventually you're running 31 kilometers uh, at the end and okay. if you add that all together it's 496 kilometers uh so people have called it sort of run the date or uh, a couple of other names but i i sort of called it the 496 um, and I just did it, you know, and I did it and I thought, didn't think anyone else was interested in it. I thought it would just be me. Um, but it turns out it's become a bit of a thing. And now, okay. you know, January again is the main time people do it, but I think there's two or three people doing it now in, in March. Cause you can, you can only do it in a month with 31 days, of course, okay. um, yeah. to get the four, nine, six, otherwise it's four <laughs> it's or six or something. If, yeah. But yeah. If you're doing it in fe February. Um, <laughs> so and uh, yeah, it's, it's just become this thing. So now, now people are doing it all the time. There's medals. You can get a medal if you do it, if you're a 496 finisher. And it, it really is a rewarding challenge because it, it's hard. You know, those yeah. that last week, you, you know, you're doing 25K, 26K, 27K, 28, 29, 30, 31. So it's, it's a lot of time on your feet and, you know, people are trying to split it up. And you can split it up. You know, you do half in the morning, half in the evening. Um, and then also some people have sort of run with the idea and some people do it backwards. So they start at 31K and work back down to one. All some right. people do it in tombola form, which I think is brilliant. So you have one to 31 in a hat and you draw out that mileage for that day. <laughs> um, okay. Some people do one where you sort of do the even numbers, the sorry, the odd numbers up and then the even numbers back. Yeah. So you do 1K, 3K, 5K. And so your 31 is in the middle. And then you're getting easier at the end. Um, yeah. But yeah, and no, I think it's, it's, you know what? It's probably going to be the thing that it could land up being that the proudest thing I've ever managed to sort of do really is make this 496 challenge a sort of a yearly global yeah. thing. And, and, and I have visions now that, that people, loads of people are doing it of, you know, eventually having a yearly meetup and a yearly run where everyone, if you're a 496 finisher, you become part of this club and we all get together and go for a run and maybe have a dinner, you know, a bigger, some sort of dinner together. I don't know, yeah. running holidays, you know. So, yeah, it's... it's, it's, all right. it's I, like, I like the sound of that. I, 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 I'm going to ask you a few questions about how to keep motivated and keep doing it in a minute. But I'm just going to tell you, when I first looked at it, uh, I had to look twice because you said on day one, one kilometer, day two, two kilometers. And I don't know if it was just kind of the bizarre way my mind works, but I then immediately thought, well, that's not possible. If you double it each day, you know, on the last yeah. day, you'll be running 10 times around the world or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I had to look at it again and think, no, you, you must be wrong, Mike. You've read that wrong. 
yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, no, you're not you're not you're not doubling it no it's no, yeah you just well, it one. becomes impossible <laughs> very quickly so yeah yeah <laughs> to get away from it just been running because just running for a lot of people is quite quite tricky so in, in your video you start some nice ideas on how to make it a bit more uh, interesting and you, you, you said some people do it backwards but actually you ran backwards for one of these things <laughs> yeah there's a chinese proverb and and if you saying if you sort of run or walk backwards it reverses your life um so i thought on, on one of the early days i think it was the three kilometer day i thought i'd run three kilometers backwards and um yeah, it's it's quite hard actually. So you got to, you know, because you're you're cricking your neck around, you're trying not to trip on anything, and you're using muscles you've never used, you know. Sure. To, especially going up a hill backwards. Um, but no, I wanted to add different things to each day just to just to make it a little bit more exciting for me, you know. Like plant a tree. I on one of the days I planted a tree. I did some litter picking. I went and explored a historical site. Oh yeah, I want to ask you about that. That that was like a, an old World War II site. It, it yeah, so quite strange. What what did they do there in World War II? Well, it was just actually, odd buildings scattered around. Yeah, so they uh, they built they made mustard gas, um, and then they stored it in in the hillside. So these big tunnels that go into the hill. So they, they had okay. mustard gas factory, and they also developed an, uh, an atomic bomb uh, in one of those big buildings um so yeah this is a little town in north wales where this huge operation uh took place um i nothing, nothing was ever used i believe none of the mustard gas made that was made here was ever used uh mm. and the atomic bomb was just a sort of development type thing i don't i don't think they made one um but yeah it's still all those buildings are there and there used to be a train track and there's an old train station and yeah really is airy it's now a nature reserve which is brilliant, you know, so they have a bat, you know, some of those big old buildings are sort of bat sanctuaries and they have loads of wildlife and ponds and things. So, yeah, it's a real airy mixture of <clears throat> sort of the, atro the atrocities of what happened in World War II and now it's a nature reserve. So One extreme you know, to another, yeah. Go there and, yeah, exactly. And the kids cycle around it and uh, uh, and that sort of thing. And you can get there's tours into the tunnels you know this it goes for kilometers into the hillside where they used to store the mustard gas because obviously they were worried it would be targeted yeah. um so it was uh yeah so that was that was on the list so it was just i was just trying to every day do something a bit interesting to make it a bit more exciting than just going and trying to yeah. do the mileage every day what about planting a tree just expand on that a little bit so yeah did you like carry the tree to the top of a hill or something and just plant it yeah Car carried the tree carried a spade a little trowel um went somewhere that i hoped the sort of the tree would survive yeah and then i i also hoped that sort of my kids would one day be able to, to go and sit under this oak tree um and so i actually planted two oak trees sort of 20 meters apart and um yeah they're still alive i went and i went and checked them uh, at the beginning of the year the rabbits haven't eaten them so that's all good <laughs> so i should have planted more really just you, it's a numbers game a little bit with tree planting isn't it when they're yeah. not in your garden so um but yeah the, both of them are still there um, they're not grown very very big they've got a couple of it's, it's an oak tree so it's got a couple of little side arms but um yeah it'd be interesting to go this summer and have a look 
Fair enough. I mean, if, if everyone planted a couple of trees, very quickly, there'd be a lot of trees. So, yeah, I mean, every year, sort of people say you should try and plant your age in trees every year. So every year you just go and, you know, I'm 41 this year, so I should go and plant 41 trees. Well, that's year. quite an order. That's quite difficult. To do. That's, <laughs> that's a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's, it's, it's quite difficult to just go and plant trees because often it's on private people's land, right? Yeah, so people get a bit funny simple. about it, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not as simple as just going and, and planting a planting a tree. So yeah, you you do it is a little bit more difficult than you than you think. So you know, but there are organisations where you can work with and go on tree planting days with people yeah. uh, and that sort of thing. So um, but yeah, I think it's good. It's good to plant a tree. It's it's sort of uh, the, I like that if I if especially if you plant an oak tree, I'm never going to see the no. the results of that and i like that i like the fact that i'm doing something and i'm never going to reap the benefits of and i kind of like the idea of that you know yeah no that's very good something that you 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 will reap the benefits everyone will reap the benefits this litter picking idea so i i, I yeah. saw the video yeah. of you running along picking up rubbish and that's probably quite yeah. hard to do run and pick you've got to stop really yeah. you can't you can't run and pick at the same time no exactly so uh yeah that the, so that was actually interesting i there's a guy in australia called bo miles and um he also he what he did is he ran a marathon and <clears throat> but he did only a mile an hour it's a brilliant film on youtube it's called a mile an hour so he did i think he did sort of two miles in the first hour or three miles in the first hour and then a mile an hour after that and it came yeah. to 26 miles between on each lap he would try and do something interesting um so i sort of did a little nod to him in the film if anyone has seen bo miles's mile an hour and my uh 496 challenge the scene is the same i was sort of as my little nod because he's also he's got a ginger beard as well and okay. yeah he's sort of my my twin in australia <laughs> and um yeah so so i was picking up litter so yeah and and, and that was that scene was a was a nod to bo where he said you know what what what's going through people's minds you know what are people thinking uh and i did the same line i said so, you know what are people thinking and genuinely what are people thinking you know they're driving around they're winding down their window and they're lobbing a can of beer over the hedge into the field yeah. so you know that's deliberate and i but you know a lot of the other litter i think um is is mistakes you know my kid threw a wrapper out the window and i didn't know until i got home i was like where's your wrapper and he's like oh flew out the window daddy i'm like come on kid you know but he didn't know he was just playing with it and the wind sucked it out so there's that i think the the recycling truck stuff blows out of it yes i think that, that <laughs> happened a lot you know there was a lot of stuff especially in town which was definitely just stuff that had fallen out of the recycling truck so i don't okay. think it's as bad as we think but certainly there was stuff where people had had really lobbed it yeah. out the window yeah but so to pick it up the trick is you wear your ruck sack on the front so you wear it on your on the front of yourself so when you're running along you can just bend down and throw it down the front of you rather than sort of having to put it in the back okay. um but uh, yeah no uh, so that run was 6k and i and my rucksack was full after 3k i think so i, I sort of had to do it again on another day <laughs> all right all right so the, there, there's a medal I've, I've seen a medal so can people kind of when they've done the 496 challenge send you a message saying right i've done it i'd like to buy a medal is that is that part of the deal uh, exactly yeah so you just if you've done it you can 
buy a medal. Um, and I was going to make the medals free, but then I thought actually people might just order one, even if they're not done it. So <laughs> I thought, right, I'll just charge people the cost price, which is £8.80 or whatever it is, uh, which means I think people are leg- legitimately will buy it. I don't police it. Um, yeah. It's up to them. I think if people feel they've done it themselves and they've been honest with it, uh, you know, they can get a medal. So, um, and it's great. Yeah. I mean, I've, there's, so far, I think about 50 people have completed the 496. Um, huh. You know, it's tough. It's tough. You know, well, that, I was going to ask week, you about the toughness yeah. because so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a great fitness fanatic adventurer at all, but I go for the odd jog. So if I was to do it, do you think sort of the training in the early days and the, the short runs would enable me to do the long, you know, 20, 25, 30 kilometer runs um, slightly more easily? Um, yes, if you're very on top of your recovery. So it's easy till about day t- 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Then it starts to get a bit hard, but I found I sort of lost my motivation at around day 18 because then, you know, for me, that was at least two, two hours out, you know, cause I, I probably run eight K an hour, eight, nine K an hour. Um, so, you know, once the two hours out, that's all of a sudden, that's a long chunk in the evening or a long chunk in the morning before work or after work. So that's, that was difficult. So you, you, I needed to really keep on top of my stretching, my eating, because also I didn't eat, I didn't increase my food. I was mm-hmm. sort of just eating normally. But actually, once you start doing two hours of exercises, you know, you, you're burning quite a lot of calories. Um, so yeah, you could. So it, it's a nice challenge because it sucks you in, you know, it sucks yes. you in at the beginning. You, you sort yeah. of go, oh, 1K, 2K, I can do that, 3K, 4K. And then by the time you start, it gets hard. You're in too deep. You're like, damn it, got to finish it now. Um <laughs> But uh, so what I found, and this is the, the feedback I've got from people, the, pe- the people who quit, for the most part, don't quit because of the difficulty of the challenge. They quit because of the time yeah. it takes. They've got jobs to day. do and all that. Jobs, life, kids, yeah. school runs. So, you know, you've got to be a little bit creative. So some people are sort of doing it a bit in the morning, a bit on their lunch break, and then a bit in the evening, which is absolutely fine. You know, you can do whatever way <laughs> you want. Um and and that's yeah so that seems to be the the hindrance is trying to fit it around your everyday life which i think makes it even more rewarding because yeah physically it is still tough you know to do you're doing a half marathon a day for the last and more for the last week um so you know it it is 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 tough but um but yeah people people i think three people have done it twice now last year and this year so yeah and 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 is there a community kind of uh, a facebook community or or something like that with these people yeah there's a there's a strava group there's i think there's 550 people on the strava group all right uh and that's really fun so if if you're on strava check out the 496 challenge and uh you could yeah join that and see obviously it's only really active in january every year um but actually i need to check because there's a couple of people doing it this this march so i'll go back on there and see 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 how people are doing all right good right well if anyone's thinking of doing it just do it bite the bullet and try and do it yeah yeah come on you can do it <laughs> <laughs> all right so look, let, let's part 496 let's um just ask you about some of your uh adventures 
what was your what was your latest adventure? I know it's been difficult with COVID and what have so, you. So but... yeah, so last year I ran fifteen marathons and fifteen national parks in the UK in fifteen days. So yeah, uh, and I did that self supported. So I had to do all the driving between each national park, um, and that was really just a love letter to our the countryside in Britain and how we're all able to go and access our national parks for free. There's no entrance yeah. fee. You can just go there and you can park up and go for a hike and you don't have to pay. And it's, it's, and it's beautiful. And I, I just sort of wanted to show off how lovely and, and, and brilliant we, our national parks sort of are uh, and how we should look after them now, especially with COVID everyone staying at home. And and it was it was brilliant, you know. It was what a lovely thing! Stunning. Now yeah, I, I so, think I would be hard pushed to name fifteen national parks. I've got to say, yeah. <laughs> well, I was hard pushed. Let's see if I can remember them now. You got uh, you've where 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 did I start? Cairngorms. So I was starting the Cairngorms, and I went down to Loch Lomond. Then from there, I went to Northumberland. Then I went to Lake District, Peak District, North York Moors. Then I had a long, no, Lake District, Yorkshire Dales, North York Moors. Then the Peak District. Then where did I go from there? Then Norfolk Broads. Yeah, no, then I went across to the Norfolk Broads. Then down to uh, South Downs, New Forest. Dartmoor, Exmoor, Brecon Beacons, Pembrokeshire, Snowdonia. So sure. I sort of came down and did sort of clockwise round. So um, did, did you sleep in your car? Uh, on the top of my car. Yeah, I, I had a roof tent. I built a roof tent and I slept on the top of my car and did camping. So found campsites and then um, that was it. So it was, it was hard because it was 1,600 miles of driving you know, in total. <laughs> so, you know, between... You know, is this in your Land Rover? Long, yeah, in the Land Rover, which yeah. was slow, and <laughs> yeah. and uh, the um, you know, the, the where where was the long commute? Peaks to Norfolk was seven hours, I think. Oh god! And then Norfolk to the South Downs was also about seven hours. So annoyingly, the two long commutes were back to back, and that <clears throat> that ruined me. So by the time I hit the South Downs, I was knackered, and then the the new forest i was pretty tired and it took me until probably brecon for me to start feeling a little bit better and then pembrokeshire felt okay but was super hilly and then you know as it always is by the time i hit snowden i was feeling great again but it was the end you know it always happens yeah yeah well that 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 is amazing and did you manage to do all that without kind of crocking yourself because you know sean you ain't 20 anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah so interestingly i my my i had an issue with my right knee but that was mainly because i would run a marathon and then i'd just sit in my car and just freeze up and so all my muscles got super tight and you know what i needed to have done is had you know gone for some sort of sports massage or or acupuncture or something just to loosen up loosen my muscles but unfortunately that just didn't work uh well I, i just couldn't so um in new forest one of the run- runners was a physio um mm-hmm. and he had his his bed in the back of his car well i think he got his girlfriend to drive his bed his massage bed to the car park so after the new forest i'm in the car park you know with this guy <laughs> sorting out my my tight muscles and that really helped 
so so luckily i i i as i'm older i'm 41 now i feel i feel more robust but it takes me a little bit more sort of body management to to sort of get everything lubricated as it were yeah. and feeling good um but i feel stronger i sort of don't feel like i'm gonna sort of really tear a, a muscle or, or or that now um okay. it's just the sort of daily management i need yeah. to keep on so top of. Did, for these 15 marathons did you have people running with you yeah so I, I i sort of opened it up to to the public and said if anyone wants to join me these are my start dates this is how difficult it is this is how much you know if we're doing loops back to the car you need to bring reserves this is how long each loop is um and uh yeah it was great i had uh, yeah, a couple of hundred people join me in oh, the end nice. uh through all of them and uh that video has just gone out on youtube as well so it's, it's right. out there national parks marathons it's called and um yeah, it was such a great such a great challenge really because you got to explore britain which is beautiful and 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 the people are so warm and and welcoming and friendly um and also but it's it's tough you know to try and do 15 marathons in 15 days and do all the driving in between yeah, really <laughs> if, I, I, if, I, if i set off to run a marathon in the peak district or something one of my concerns would be actually getting lost and you know because <laughs> making a route for a, a marathon that's you know get a loop back to your car i imagine takes quite a bit of planning yeah you oh you, you've nailed you've you hit the nail on the head there I was really lucky. So the Ordnance Survey website, you can plot a route and it sort of tracks the footpath. Okay. So it's not sort of just doing line to line to line. If you just do a line between two points, the route will follow the footpath. It's really, really okay. good. And that allowed me to get a pretty accurate loop uh, distance for, for my National Parks Marathon. So then I, I had it on my OS map app on my phone so I could just follow it follow it um right. and i had some paper map backup as, as well um but uh yeah ordnance survey you know in britain we're just so lucky to have ordnance oh it's survey. fantastic yeah so but good, I, I, I can just envisage you setting off from the car park and you've got that day's runners joining you it could be 20 people yeah and, you know where do you lead them you you know you could lead them off and get lost it would all be a bit embarrassing well that happened yeah that <laughs> happened <laughs> uh, and i didn't also know i didn't get lost but what happened is when when I'm looking at the map, I'm choosing footpaths. And for example, the one in Northumberland, just it no one had used that footpath in 20 years. Okay. So it was still a footpath, but it was so overgrown that it was just terrible. So it, it felt like we were lost, even though we weren't. Okay. Right. <laughs> um but uh but yeah, well, so it, it helped doing the loop so people could come and join me. And I would yeah. say 80% of the people only would come for sort of one loop. Um, and yeah, not many people. Cause I, you know, it's a school day for, for most of it. Exactly, so on yeah. a Wednesday, yeah. no, no one can come and join me for a slow marathon. Cause I'm pretty slow, but they could come and join me for a, <clears throat> for a loop, which was fun, you know? All right. Brilliant. So, so that's your last adventure. Let me yeah. ask, um, cause you're always planning these things. And if it's not uh, top secret, um, what's happening kind of next i do <laughs> well, get it if, if things are secret and you can't mention it but anything in the future you can mention oh well, what can i mention um no no there's nothing i can mention at the moment uh i'm getting back into triathlons so right. that's the only sort of clue i can i can sort of come up with um and there's also 
<clears throat> there's a fourth category I came, you said the craziest, but actually I've, I've found out there is actually an, another category, which I'm going to, I'm not going to say, but um, so I found a world record in this next category uh, coming up in June. So in June, I'm going to be doing something. So yeah, watch the space for them. Brilliant. Very exciting. Well, I have to say, I do in some ways kind of live my life vicariously uh, through you, uh, Sean, because, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm not about to run 15 marathons. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not. I did run one marathon once. I, I did the London Marathon, um, which I loved, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I, I, just the idea of then doing a marathon the day after that was... I don't know. I suppose if I really had to, I could make my sorry body do it, but I'm, I'm not sure I would have enjoyed it so, uh, so much. We probably... Well, you just you, you do it slower. You know, it's the speed that kills, not the distance. So, you know, probably you just so. do a six hour marathon. You can you can kind of do that forever, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, maybe um, I have to think about the 496. Who knows? But yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever you're plotting, um, I would love it. If uh, when you're able to come back and uh, tell me about it, uh, you can. I'd love to. I'd love to. End of end of May. End of May, Mike. All right. Yeah. All right. End of May. Um, we. I will. I will. I will try and get hold of you. You then. But in the meantime, thank you so much. And it's to chat about the four nine six. Um, I do hope that talk will make more people think. Right. Yeah. I want to have a go at that. And I want to be able to buy sean's medal um, <laughs> yeah. and wear it knowing that i've done it so um absolutely yeah please yeah if, if anyone wants to do the 496 just hit me up on social media and i'll help you through it and um yeah it's a great challenge it's hard very rewarding uh if you can manage to stick it through so yeah have a crack people brilliant sean thank you so much for chatting thanks mike thanks for having me Thank you so much to my guests on this week's show. And they were Nigel Owens, retired rugby union referee, and Sean Conway, adventurer. And of course, thank you to you for listening. That was the Relax Back UK show with me, Mike Dill. Thank you for listening. And please do join us again next time.